What do you do when your partner wants to have sex more than you do? Or conversely, what do you do if your partner wants to have sex less than you do? These are really good questions because mismatches in sex drive can cause huge problems in your relationship. And today, we're going to talk about exactly what you can do to help solve this problem. But first, the Relationship Alive podcast is my offering to you to help you have the most amazing relationship possible. So if you're finding the podcast to be helpful, please consider a donation to help ensure that we can continue. In order to choose something that feels right to you, just visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And this week, I would like to thank David, Angie, Drew, Madeline, Lydia, Jolene, Anne, and Laura. Thank you all so much for your generous and ongoing support of the Relationship Alive podcast. Now, as you can probably imagine, when you and your partner have differences in how often you want to be making love, it's really helpful if you know how to communicate about it in a way that actually keeps you connected. And that's what my free relationship communication guide is all about. It's my top three things that if you do them, will help you stay connected no matter how challenging the conversation you're trying to have. So in order to download this free guide, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And finally, just a reminder that if you are looking for a safe place to have conversations with other Relationship Alive listeners to help each other have amazing relationships, then come join the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. The conversations there have been especially vibrant lately, and I'm just so in awe of how everyone is coming together to support each other in taking their relationships to the next level. So thanks to all of you who are there. And if you haven't joined yet, just come find the Relationship Alive community on Facebook and click join. And I'll see you there. And now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And as I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, today we are going to talk about what to do when you and your partner are different in terms of how much you want to be having sex. So whether you want to be having sex more or whether it's your partner who wants to be having sex more, today's episode is for you to help you tease apart what's really going on and come to a place that feels more balanced and fulfilling and connecting for you and your partner, no matter which side of the equation you are on. 
And I want you to know that if you are experiencing this issue, you are not alone. In fact, this is something that probably most, if not all, couples will experience at one time or another in their relationship. And more often than not, it doesn't start out that way, right? You fall in love, you have all those amazing biochemicals coursing through your system, and you're either having sex all the time, or you don't care because you're in love and everything is good. So when you want it, it's happening. And when you don't, who cares? You know, it's, it's all happening in a space that's way more accepting and resilient and forgiving because you're kind of drugged up on those internal uh, falling in love biochemicals. But eventually those things change and... I, I would say they fade, but it's not always true that they fade. It's possible for us to nurture the the chemical parts within us that actually foster feeling in love. Um, and we've had some episodes talking about that, how to foster oxytocin in your relationship, and even how to foster the dopamine, the excitement in your relationship. And of course, that's something we'll be talking about more as well. In fact, maybe we'll even talk about it today a little bit. But in the big picture, over time, you may drift to opposite ends of the spectrum with your partner. Or you may not be at opposite ends, but you just may be at different places where each of you wishes it was different. And for one of you, that might be, well, I wish we would have sex at least once a week or twice a week uh, for others of you, you might feel like, wow, I wish we were having sex every day. So I just want you to, to know that no matter what it is that you're experiencing here, it is normal. And it's tempting to think, oh, I should just go out and find someone who is perfectly matched to me in terms of sexual desire. Like that would fix everything. And on some level, Perhaps that is true, that if you could find someone who had a level of sexual desire or expressiveness that was equal to yours, that everything would be good in terms of the amount of sex that you were having. But it wouldn't necessarily mean that everything else was going to be good in your relationship. And it may also be that you feel perfectly matched for a time, much as I was describing a moment ago, only to find down the road that, again, things start to shift and you find yourself not in quite the same space that you were in. Now, this is because that for most of the time, when there is an issue going on of a sexual imbalance, it is actually not about the sex. It's actually not about wanting sex, more or less. Now, that might sound weird, but let me explain. And let me also say that sometimes it is a sexual issue, and that's why it's great to get help from a coach or a sex therapist, someone who's trained in helping you deal with issues where there is something sexual going on that's keeping you from connecting at the level and frequency that you would like to. 
But for the most part, what fosters sexual connection between two people is everything else about their relationship. So how communicative are you with your partner? How much do you communicate? How much do you have agreements about um, when sex can happen? Or how much do you understand what each other's needs are? And not only what the needs are, but different ways that you can show up for each other that might make a difference. And on top of that, how much are you, can, are you creating with your partner uh, an overall safe container for your relationship where you trust each other and where you're there for each other and where you can be open and vulnerable whether it's being open and vulnerable about, oh, baby, I just, I love you and I miss you and I want to be there with you right now in bed or in the kitchen or wherever it's going to be. I want you. Or on the flip side, baby, I don't know how to tell you this, but every time that you're trying to get me to have sex with you, I just feel pressured and it it does the opposite it just turns me off and that's not how i want it to be it's not how i want us to be on in either case but we need to come together and figure this out and we need to figure it out in a way that leads us both to a place where we're feeling good about it so how do you get there as i'm talking about right now, the challenge is to see the bigger picture that's going on. That's the first thing that you should be focused on. So you can look at the mismatch in desire and libido as a symptom of a bigger problem. And if that is true, then you might ask yourself, okay, what is the bigger problem? Perhaps the bigger problem is the logistics. We're just so busy that we're, we're not even really connected enough. Um, and of course, then you get into this issue, right? Where for some people, finding connection comes through having sex. And for other people, they need to have, uh, they need to be connected in order to want to have sex. And the odds are that you are probably paired with someone who is on the other side of that equation. It's just the m miraculous magic of how this stuff works. So what do you do? Now, there are all kinds of strategies to help you navigate this kind of situation. And some of those strategies involve ways that you interact with your partner around sex and being sexual with each other. And some of them are much bigger strategies that are about how you communicate with each other and how you set up structures in your life to support connecting um, and really being present with each other and really developing an aliveness in your relationship so that you're not just relying on sex to be that for you. So you can imagine there are a whole host of strategies for that. But I want to talk about something even deeper than those strategies first. And I'm going to have something a little bit different to say to you, whether or not you are the uh, person who wants sex more 
or the person who finds your partner wanting sex more. So, um, because I, I don't really want to call you the wanting sex less person, because I'm I would be surprised if that's actually true. My guess is that there's just something going on for you when you find yourself on the opposing end of a partner who wants sex a lot. So I'm not going to call you the wanting sex less person. I'm just going to maybe say the uh, wanting sex, but not necessarily quite as much person. How's that sound? Okay, but first let's talk to the wanting sex more person. So here we go. If you are someone who wishes that you were having sex more and perhaps even all the time, I do not fault you for that. Because let's face it, sex is fun, it's connecting, it's transcendent, it connects you to something raw and primal. It's really an amazing experience. And there are few things other than being sexually intimate with your partner that can connect you so deeply or that can be as fun or as surprising or 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 there are all kinds of possibilities in sex and so i don't blame you for wanting as much sex as you could have i mean this is your one life right at least as far as we know maybe you will have sex more or less in another lifetime or you're maybe you're making up for another lifetime by wanting it all the time right now but regardless here we are and here you are wanting sex more than you are getting and while on some level that is just fine on another level it's really not just fine it's especially not just fine if you are blaming your partner for not wanting to have sex as much as you do or if you're trying to manipulate your partner into having sex with you more um, the ways that having this imbalance in your relationship can kind of force you into all sorts of twisted ways of trying and I don't mean twisted bad I just mean like twisting yourself up in knots to try and get what you want it's challenging and let's be honest, it's generally pretty transparent to your partner who may not appreciate all the ways that you're trying to get them to have sex with you. So all of this is to say that there's a place where wanting sex more than your partner can actually make you a victim to your sexual desires and your sexual impulses. So I don't want you to be a victim I want you to be empowered. So while this is, again, important to say that it's there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a lot of sex, what I encourage you to do is to think about why. Why do you want to have sex as much as you do? And is there information for you in discovering why that could be helpful for you? Again, not in condemning sex, not by any means at all, but maybe you'll discover something about how sex gives you all of these things that perhaps you aren't developing in other ways in your connection with your partner. 
Because sex, as amazing as it is, is only one vehicle for experiencing pleasure and connection and spontaneity and excitement and transcendence. It's only one way. And in fact, having intercourse is only one tiny piece of a vast spectrum of what's possible on the continuum of sexuality that you could experience with your partner. So is it possible that over time, by getting more and more uh, fixated on the amount of sex that you're having, that you're losing sight of all of the other potential ways that you could be connecting with your partner? Or even more than connecting with your partner, I have to ask you, is it possible that your desire for sex is covering up something within you that is missing or needs addressing? Maybe you need to be connected to yourself more. And through connecting to yourself more, perhaps that will either change your desire for sex in terms of how often you want it, or perhaps it will inform it so that there's a little bit less at stake. So maybe you will still be totally happy to have sex whenever sex is available to you, but the not getting sex doesn't trigger you. Because that's a huge question that I have for you, right? It's, are you getting triggered by not being able to have sex when or how often you want it? Because if you are, then that getting triggered does two things for you. One is good and one is bad. The bad thing is if you are triggered, then you're not in the best state to actually connect with your partner. And you're not going to be fully present. You're not going to be fully available and, in live, and alive and engaged and curious and all those things that you need to not be triggered for in order to experience. So basically, you are getting in your own way at that point. If you're triggered, then you're going to make it a lot more challenging to connect with your partner in a way that might actually lead to having sex. So that's the the bad. The good is that if you're getting triggered, then it actually does point to something within you that could be a growth edge for you. What does it mean when your partner doesn't want to have sex with you? What does it mean to you? What are you making it mean? What is the story that you tell yourself about you or about your relationship or about your safety or about what's possible for you in your life if your partner is a no when you are a yes? What does that bring up for you? And if you can address that head on, that is another way that this whole dynamic around sex will have less power over you. Again, it's not that I want sex to go away for you. Far from it. I want you to have as much sex as emerges in your relationship. And when it's emerging, it will be enough. Pretty much. Almost guaranteed it will be enough. So, but in order for that to happen, you have to dismantle all of the places where your wanting of sex is 
happening to defend you from something, to make you numb to a pain that you're feeling. That's a way of escaping from fear. It's a way of not being present. Anything like that that is perhaps tempering your sexuality is worth addressing because it will make you all the more present in sex and when you're showing up sexually for your partner. Now, it's not that that is necessarily what's going on for you. It could be that you are totally healed and healthy and there's no, there's nothing going on for you other than you'd love to have more sex. And great, all the more power to you. But let's discover that, right? Like, don't assume that that's what's the, that that is the case. Go a little deeper and see what you can discover. That's my encouragement to you um, at this moment. Now let's shift gears to you if you are the person who um, is feeling pressured to have sex more than you want to be having it. Um, And maybe you want to have it even less. But before I do, I just want to take a moment to thank this week's sponsor, FabFitFun.com. Perhaps you've heard over the last two episodes a little bit of Chloe and me waiting for our FabFitFun box to arrive, and then last week when it actually arrived, which was really cool. FabFitFun produces a seasonal box. It's a subscription, although you can just buy one box at a time. And for $49.99, you get over $200 worth of goodies that are uh, from fashion, fitness, um, lifestyle, beauty, fun, right? So um, it's a, it can be a total surprise, which is what Chloe wanted, or you can customize your box to some degree. And they are offering a special for you as a Relationship Alive listener. If you go to fabfitfun.com and order their box and use the coupon code ALIVE, you will get $10 off that box. So rather than spending $49.99, it's only $39.99 and you will get well over $200 worth of stuff. I think in our box that we got, it was actually more than $300 worth of amazing brand name products um, that are really useful and helpful. And it's also, I think, fun to get a little surprise. So whether you're getting it for yourself or you're getting it for someone special in your life, visit fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code ALIVE to get $10 off this season's box. And thank you so much, FabFitFun, for your support of the Relationship Alive podcast. And now let's dive back into today's question. Because ultimately, I think that you and your partner are going to find middle ground. And you're going to find middle ground that feels pretty darn good to both of you. But in order to get there, you both need to come to the table. So let's get really clear. And I I alluded to this earlier. Is it true that you want sex less? Or is it maybe true that the stage isn't quite set for you 
to want to be sexual. Now that's just one possibility. But let's get really clear on what you do want with your partner. What kind of connection do you want? What kind of passion do you want to experience with them? What kind of sex do you want to be having with them? And there's another place where you might need to be getting really honest too, which is how is the sex that you're having for you? Is it the kind of sex that you would want to be having? Is it painful or scary or really boring? Or um, do you wish your partner bathed more? I mean, there are all kinds of possibilities here, but let's use this as an opportunity to get really clear, at least for yourself, about what is going on. What is going on that's leading to you wanting that kind of experience less? Now, again, maybe it's possible that you're just not that sexual of a person. That is potentially true. And again, this is a place where I would love for you to use this as an opportunity to explore. So don't assume that something is wrong with you because you want sex less than your partner does. But use this as an opportunity to see everything as clearly as you possibly can. You may in the end conclude, you know what? I'm just a once every two weeks kind of person and that's good enough for me. And you and your partner may decide in the end that this kind of mismatch is a deal breaker for you. That all other things being equal, the partner is, you know, once every day, you're once every two weeks, and no matter what, that's just not, you're not going to be happy. Um, that's possible. Um, I really doubt that that's where you're going to end up, but it's possible, right? So, that being said, I would love for you to explore what is it that you love about sex and what is it that you need to have in place in order to want to be sexual with your partner. See if you can explore this. You might want to pause this and, and actually sit with pen and paper and, and really get clear on what it is for you and what sets the stage for being sensual. And then think about whether it's possible that where you are right now in terms of shutting down the sexual conversation, if that is indeed what is happening, see if that is also about protecting yourself. Is it possible that you have traumas from the past that get triggered and that need to be addressed? Is it possible that there are unresolved conflicts with your partner that are getting in the way of you feeling connected? Is it possible that the container of your relationship doesn't feel safe enough? Or is it possible that there's not enough continuity between your connection with your partner and sexual moments so that, you, so that it kind of feels like it comes from out of the blue instead of being part, again, of the continuum of, oh yeah, this, this feels natural because we're already in a situation where we're touching and loving. And, or is it possible that there are things about sex that make you feel uncomfortable? That would be normal. 
And again, that's the kind of thing where you can decide if that's something that you are happy with or if it's something that you want to change. And if it's something that you want to change, then there's a perfect opportunity for you to meet your partner there, to be open and honest and vulnerable and communicate. And once you've discovered what there is to discover and you are ready to communicate, then it's time for you and your partner to come to the table together. Now, this can be one of those things where it's really helpful to have some support from a coach or a therapist, someone who's there to guide both of you in having this conversation. But recognizing that you come to it from two slightly different places, it's time to come together and talk about it in a way that keeps you both safe. You want to be able to hold the tension of what feels like a mismatch and desire around sex while at the same time putting it in a bigger context, the bigger picture of what do you want your relationship to be like? If it's a a gigantic painting, a mural, right? Then the sexual energy is just one part of the mural. It's not going to be like one big thing about sex, right? We're talking about your relationship here. Sex is a part of your relationship, but it's not the relationship. So what does the relationship look like? Can you come to the table and talk about what you really want for your connection with each other? And then can you talk about what you can imagine sex being? your sexual connection? Can you imagine what that could be and how that could inform what you want from the bigger picture? And at this point, you will probably both have things to share with each other, the insights that you've gained about where you're coming from and maybe why you're coming from there so that you can really understand each other because then the trick in navigating this whole thing is how do you show up for each other? So um, if you listened, for instance, to our episode with John Gottman, you learned that the couples that have the freedom where each partner has the freedom to say no to sex without any repercussions, those couples actually have more sex. And believe it or not, he proved this mathematically. So don't take my word for it. It's all there in the math. But the truth is that if either of you can be a freely a no to sex and not have it be something that creates this huge calamity in your relationship, then you will naturally arrive at a place where the sexual equilibrium is going to feel better to you. But in order to get there, you have to be there and communicating about it. And you have to create that space where you are both okay, where there's nothing wrong per se with either of you. And instead, all you're doing is you're there to support each other. So like if if I'm saying to you that I don't want to have sex right now, how do I do it in a way that still stays connected to you, stays loving? And maybe I'm saying, yeah, I don't want sex right now, but here's what I do want. This is what would be amazing. I want to be with you. I want to be connected. I want to be in this with you. 
Um, and on the flip side, if I'm saying, hey, I want to, I would love to have sex right now, and you're saying no to me, then how do I respond to that? Can I respond to it in a way that's like, okay, we don't have to have sex right now, but what can we do? I want to still be in this with you. And I think that in the end, that points to what is often the biggest issue is that the these schisms develop in our relationship because we're not fully there with each other. We might be kind of there with each other in many ways, but we're not fully there because if you were fully there, then you would be having the conversations that aren't just about the problem or one or the other of you feeling hurt by it, but you'd be talking about, wow, here we are, what do we do? Like, how do we do this? Because I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I love you and I want to figure this out. And figuring this out could mean that we have a little bit more sex than we're having, but it, do, it may not mean that we're having sex every day, but it does mean that we figure out how to really be there with each other so that no matter what is going on, we feel alive in our connection together. And if you are having the kind of space in your relationship where you feel alive like that, where no matter whether it's you're actually in bed together or whether you're just sitting across the dinner table talking about your day, if you feel like you are in it with each other, then that kind of life and aliveness will become the overall um, theme of how you connect with each other. It will be the, the undercurrent that is the backdrop to everything else that's going on. And out of that aliveness comes all kinds of connection. It comes, comes humor, comes laughter, comes smiles, comes joy, comes pain, comes connection, comes holding, and comes amazing, transcendent, passionate sex. Soon after you're able to have these conversations, things will start to shift for you. If you can bring what you desire, no matter where you are on the spectrum of, of desire, if you can bring what you desire for the big picture of your relationship to the table and you and your partner can be actively engaged in making it happen, then you will find that equilibrium. Or you'll figure out that this is something at your respective cores that's just an incompatibility and if in the end you decided to part ways because of that i'm almost positive that you could do it in a way that was kind and supportive if you decided that that was really what was required and honestly if you're able to have those kinds of conversations and be really in it and open and supportive and loving and you can get there, then that maybe could be one of those times when it actually might make sense to say, hey, like maybe we find a safe way to involve other people. So that is an option, but again, only if it's part of the conversation of your relationship. And if you are really there staying clear and solid with each other, in having that conversation. 
But that is perhaps a topic for another day. <laughs> so for today, let's just keep it simple. Before you go there, really get to know yourself better and question your assumptions about who you are and your level of desire and what that means about you. And see if you can get more information because the more information you have about yourself, the more you'll be able to show up with compassion for your partner and the more they will be able to show up with compassion for you because you're not just saying, hey, this is the way it is. You're able to give them more insight into what makes you who you are and find ways to love each other through that process. So I hope that today's show has been helpful for you. This is a topic that is very close to my heart and there is so much that we could talk about today. In fact, there are so many things that it pains me to not talk about them, but this is just one podcast episode. So we'll have a chance to talk about it again and have other guests on the show to talk about this issue. But I wanted to give you something here to go on. Um, this is also a topic that Chloe and I cover extensively in our Thriving Intimacy course. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, you can visit thenewloveparadigm.com slash course, or I think you can even just go to neilsatin.com slash course, and you can see all of the things that we teach that all feed into building deeper and deeper intimacy. And I recognize that in today's episode, we've been talking literally about sex and quantity of sex, but it does, for me anyway, factor into the overall atmosphere of intimacy that you either are or aren't creating in your relationship. And that, again, is maybe something for another day. But if you visit neilsatin.com slash course, you can check out Thriving Intimacy and you can see what we've laid out in terms of how you build deeper and deeper intimacy in your partnership, which includes more and more amazing sex. So it is important for sure. It's just one piece of the puzzle. And if you're interested in that course, um, then do keep an eye out because we run uh, specials on that um, here and there as well. So um, I think that's it. If this has been helpful for you or if there's something that I've said that has been really offensive to you, then please let me know. My email address is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. I may not respond directly to you, although it may come up in a podcast episode like this one, although I promise to keep you anonymous unless you want to be not anonymous. And uh, But sometimes I do get a moment to write back, but I do get a lot of email. I hope you understand. I can't respond to you individually necessarily, but I do appreciate all of the feedback that I get. I also encourage you to leave a review for Relationship Alive on iTunes. If you listen through iTunes or through the podcast app on an iPhone, um, leaving a review is really helpful. I love reading what people say. And it's helpful to others who are trying to figure out if Relationship Alive is a good show for them. Um, and by the way, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes yet and you listen via something Apple, then uh, please do subscribe. It helps the show become more visible in the iTunes rankings. 
think that is it for today. And I'm not even sure who we're going to be talking to next week, but I can guarantee you that it is going to be a fun ride. So I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Um, also, make sure you check out last week's episode with Alexandra Solomon. It was a really beautiful conversation on how to do the inner work that allows you to show up more fully in relationship. And then we also talked about some practical relationship tips. Uh, she's a professor at Northwestern University who teaches a marriage and and relationship 101 course that has been talked about on national TV. Um, so anyway, she was a great guest to have on the show, and I encourage you to listen to last week's episode as well. It is always a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, and I hope that you're doing well, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, take care.